Welcome to the CF Stories Podcast, where we take some time each week to get to know different members of Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth. Our community is filled with people from different walks of life, from doctors to teachers to business owners, who all have unique experiences to share. This is who we are, and these are our stories. Welcome to CF Stories Podcast. I am your host, Elliot Johnson, and today is episode number one, our very first episode of CF Stories of our podcast. And this first episode is a conversation with our newest, air quotes, newest, and you'll hear why during the conversation, our newest pastor, Pastor Harold Boyd. Now, even though he's our newest pastor in Christ Fellowship, he is a true blue, 100% church boy. And he's been with us since the beginning, but his story began much earlier than all of that. And today you'll hear about his journey in Christ personally and how it led him here to Christ Fellowship. And you'll hear all about his former career as a recording artist as well, which we, we love very much, that part of his life here in Christ Fellowship. So here we go, episode one of CF Stories with our newest pastor, Pastor Harold Boyd. This is his story. All right, everyone, we're here today with Pastor Harold Boyd. Pastor Harold, how you doing? What's up, everybody? How you doing? So bless you. you are the newest, and I say this with air quotes, the newest pastor in Christ Fellowship. Is that an accurate way of describing it with the air quotes? Air quotes, yes. <laughs> so now I have to ask you, though, Ever since I've known you, and I've known you since, we met in 2006. Okay. So since then. Yeah, and I always knew you as Pastor Harold. Right. Forever and always. Right. right. So <laughs> was there, what was the, uh, the change for you to be Pastor Harold to Pastor Harold? How, <laughs> how did that whole process go? Because I, I, I'll admit, even myself, I was a little like, wait, I've always known him as just Pastor Harold. Right. Uh, in 2000, I would say around 2000. 2003, I was um, asked to be a pastor, a uh, youth pastor with the uh, Bridge uh, youth group at that time. And uh, it was funny how I actually became, um, uh, I was asked uh, to be a full-time youth pastor and I was taken out to dinner, you know, Italian style. I was taken out to dinner. Me and my wife were there and uh, before you know it, the question was popped and it's like I never really, never really asked for the job. It was asked of me. So that's how I knew it was God because um, I, had, I took time and I prayed about it for about three months. And I quit my full-time job with Verizon. And uh, I came on uh, as a full-time pastor. So that's where the air quote-unquote is because it's been since 2004 I was full-time. And then um, my time kind of went up around 2007. And then from that time on, I just served and served. Um, the title was something that uh, I did. I, I was working in as a pastor from 2002 on up, but it was um, it was God's will at this time to you know just technically make that transition into ordained and things like that. But uh, as far as being a pastor, I guess that was something that God had already. Uh, prepared me and had me doing uh, for a long time. Right. So people knew me as Pastor Harold, but it wasn't until recently I became ordained Pastor Harold. 
Ordained, so that's so you leveled up. I guess. I mean, you <laughs> know, to bit. me it was a formality, but it was always there. <laughs> and now you said 2004, so so or in 2002 actually you yeah. said right. Yeah. Now where where were you before that? Now were you always a part of Christ Fellowship from the from day one, or what was uh what was your upbringing in church in Christ okay. from the beginning? So before I came to church, I mean because before I became you know came uh, part of uh, Christ Fellowship or going way back, Calvary Tabernacle, um, before that, I was in Church of God in Christ uh, with my mom and dad. My dad was a preacher, evangelist. My mom was a praying mom. Um, I was brought up, you know, Church of God in Christ was all about the word. It was all about ministry. It was all about, you know, um, they, they really taught the word of God. And that's why I got my desire for the word of God. Um, music and a lot of other things like that. I learned a lot there. Um, in my transitioning, I did a couple other things. You know, I went from different churches as well. I even um, ministered on the organ for Pastor Jason Alvarez and Love of Jesus for a while. And then the Lord brought me to, when I went to college in 1990, um, I was about 18, 19 years old. Uh, my friend Brian, Brian Mayfield, who I went to high school with. Shout out to Brian Mayfield. Shout out to my boy Brian. So he he actually brought me to the youth group, mm. which was Calvary Tabernacles Youth Group at the okay. time in 1990. That's to show you how far back this goes. Way back. Um, and then I became a youth uh, leader, um, and 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 under Pastor Wayne Tate. Uh, then it became Pastor, and then it became my uh, Mike Hartz, and then. There became Pastor Carlos, who was the uh, youth pastor at that time. So I've I've seen a lot of transition. I've been, you know, and and the thing was I was called to the ministry at 15. I was 14 years old when I came to the Lord. But I was 15 when I was called to the Lord, called to the ministry, and that was when I was in Church of God of Christ. So I already came in mm -hmm. with a lot of church, right? Uh, a lot of church. Uh, I was churched, right? Let's just right, put it there. Right. I was churched and. Um, it was in coming to Elizabeth, which was more city, which mm. was totally different from where I came from, you know, residential church kind of area, home church type thing mm -hmm. into this city thing and all the different, um, actually all the different cultures that were here. The diversity yeah. really took me, it took me by surprise pleasantly, but it challenged me. And I actually grew through that mm. to, to, to understand the kingdom of God and also um, see unchurched kids and be mm. part of unchurched lives and see how God can use someone like me who was churched. That was the irony of it, that I was churched, but yet God was able to teach me the love and compassion to be able to love and care for people, young people. Then it moved on to, you know, our church at large. So Did you, when you came into that more like a uh, multicultural, multi-ethnic setting? Yeah. Um, was that like a culture shock for you in some ways? It kind of beginning at least. Well, it kind of wasn't. It was. It no, no, no. It kind of wasn't. You know why? Because I kind of saw that when I was at Love of Jesus in Orange. You know, when I was in Orange at, at Pastor Jason Alvarez, I already saw some of the diversity. Right. And I think that was the way that it kind of. And I was doing stuff with their evangelistic ministry as well. They were doing skits in Pennsylvania and stuff like that. So I traveled with them, and I saw this. Okay. There was, the, And I learned these new kind of songs. Right, right, right. <laughs> Where I was used to the gospel, and I was used to, you know, uh, 
you know, um, praise and worship and a church service going for about five, four or five hours <laughs> till about three o'clock in the afternoon to maybe one hour. And mm-hmm. I was just like, church over? Like, That's it? So <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even, the Holy Spirit didn't even start uh, yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> What's yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah, you know, the preacher's preaching and there's no organ. I'm like, wait, what's going on? It, it, you know, it, it that is, I mean, and it sounds, you know, we can, we're laughing about it a little bit here, but like yeah. for some people, that's that's a, like a deal breaker it's a, in, in a lot of ways. It's a huge. It could be a tough one. Yeah, it's a huge, it, 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 I mean, in, in the different ways because also when I came, so I was aware of the diversity. Mm-hmm. But it was when Brian brought me here, it was even more prevalent. I like, see. and I said, okay, I'm kind of used to this, but wow. And so Pastor Wayne had his way of doing things. Um, singing and worshiping was kind of different. Um, uh, you know, uh, there was no there was a lot of lot not a lot of shouting and screaming and catching the Holy Ghost and all that <laughs> stuff. And that was my thing. Right. That was right. my thing. Okay. Um, so coming into that, you know, and 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 Music was my thing too, so I felt like at that time I knew better than anybody else how to do and what to do, and you know other things like that. In my sense and in my culture, and and again I was young, right? So my opinion was strong based on what I knew, of course. But as I grew and and I learned to submit and and serve, it really humbled me and showed me the various ways and things to do things, and so I think that really developed me to become a more multicultural leader that would be more considerate, not of my own preferences, right. but for the sake of the body of Christ. And it's, you know, I see, um, just hearing your story too, like, you know, we have some parallels because, you know, me coming from, from First Baptist Church of Westfield right. and, and coming from a, you know, largely monolithic, you know, ethnic grouping, gotcha. right, uh, you know, in, in Westfield. And then, you know, coming here, it was, uh, it was comforting in the sense because, you know, my sister and I, it, Growing up in a ninety some odd percent you know white town, right? Being the you know minorities, other whatever, right? And coming into a more diverse setting, it was like, oh, okay, this is you know that probably was a breath of fresh. It was, air. it was, it was in a lot of ways, it was. But yeah. you know, when it comes to church things, yeah, um, it's it's funny how how insular we can be in mm-hmm. church, right? Yes. You know how that's why I asked you like, was it hard for you? And you know, obviously, there's. I'm sure you had plenty of moments of like, whoa, you know, and what's what's happening here. I, I did. I because, did. you know, that we, we hold on to our style so much and our, our own personal, like you said, preferences I sure and did. things like when that. When I came in, I, I held on to my style and yeah. I, and no one was taking that from me. <laughs> um, you know, and at my own worship time, yeah, I, I, I keep that strong. But uh, I, I'm more cognizant of what's around me um, when I go, when I'm here, because it's not about me, but it's for the sake of the body, but like like you said, it 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 is when you come into this this culture shock type of situation. There's different things you come in with that it could either be a, 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 a an eye opening thing that's refreshing, right, or right. an eye opening thing that's like, wow, this is uh, you feel Shocking out of place. Way, yeah. There's time. Oh, yeah. There was times um, with the youth where they were, you know, it was. I fought a lot in the youth group too, honestly, and I candidly say this: where I fought for that diversity that brought me, and I saw it kind of, kind of being a little lopsided. You felt that and was necessary. I felt like, it was necessary, right. and um, like look at our, you know, look at our look at the people here. Yes, that we're drawing. Yes, to you know, we got to make those connections. Right, because even even then there were some there was a lot of church uh, youth that came under, you know, the leadership of that time and stuff. And I could see 
where it was more so that style that and it was all for you know for church kids as opposed to for other kids that were just coming in the way I came in yeah and I said man we gotta I felt like we had this we have to we have to keep this thing this precious thing of diversity um alive for for the sake of these kids because there was a point at time where I felt as a youth pastor I felt out of place now that's crazy that's, for for the pastor to feel out of place. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's a I mean you know you could say red flag or at least say yeah. at least something you have to like like why introspectively you like why do I feel out of place? And that was the question I was asked. Right, and yeah. then you know organizationally or you know community wise you're like well now wait is this why I feel out of place? Is mm-hmm. because there's certain you know where am I in all all this? And I, I hear that yeah right. I, I, can, I can hear you because because that's the thing too where. You, you talk about like you know church community is you know, there's people who feel out of place and they struggle with that like do right. i really you know belong here do i right. really right know, is, this, is this where i'm supposed to be and right you know we you've in church we talk about you know church hopping and all these different things yeah. but i mean really at the core of it is trying to find a home somewhere right. you belong and so my thing was young people can be cliquish young people can find themselves they want to belong and they find themselves exclusively you know, within a group, but then there's got to be a point where, and, and, you know, I had conversations with the pastors at the time, you know, uh, I would talk with Pastor Gary and Pastor Carlos and these things, and he would even say, we don't want to be exclusive. We want to be inclusive. I mean, that was their vision to keep that. So I kept that in mind, right. but I would always feel that, you know, the tension to try to, to try to introduce that and bring that in. And I really thank God for the young people that I had Shout out to Midtown, you know, Elliot came from Midtown. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of those leaders that I fought for are leaders now. And that, and that, um, and even then I'm saying to myself, I'm even saying to myself, you know, um, I challenge them. Mm -hmm. I challenge the ones that came up under me that are here now. Keep the diversity. You know, everybody's welcome. Because you get so knit in ministry connected to people that you feel comfortable with. Of course, of course. But then where is it for people? It, it should always be a mission of ours for, the, for them to feel welcome. A lot of people would say, um, when I, w- I would hear people say that a lot of times that they join the church because of the worship. And um, we work intentionally for worship to feel that free for people. Um, and then we intentionally would go out to the front of the lobby and we're looking for those new faces yeah. to say, hey, how you doing? You know, you feel you they feel a part of this. We don't go off sure. into talking to the cliques. I'll see you. You know, yeah. we could talk anytime. Exactly. But it is these people that are coming in. Uh, we have a mandate before God to make them feel welcome in the house of God. And, that, and that's so important, too. And I, I, I definitely have that in my um, like, like, you know, what I what I hope to do, too, you know, in, in church leadership where it's like, you know, there's even though it's, um, you know, uh, we're all part of we're all you know, worshiping God, you know. Yeah, we're all singing, we're all you know praying, all that stuff. Sure. Um, you know, it's it still is a you know there's the stage and there's the audience, so we still have a you know at least in formatting a you know concert format in the yeah. sense, yeah, right, just in, in that sense, just the the physical layout of a building or yeah, whatever. The building, right. So there can be that disconnect where like, oh, that's the you know those are the the holy singers out there, right, or you know, or, you know the choir or whatever it is, and then right. but then when like you know it's like, hey, like I was I'm that guy that was singing, right. You know, out there, you. I'm a real person. Yes. I'm not just some, <laughs> like, voice. Right. You know, that, I think that's important, too, because, yeah. like, and that's why, you know, 
Pastor Gary, Pastor Carlos, you know, after, and you know, and you see this in different churches, you know, too. It's like, sure. you know, the, the, the pastor, reverend, whomever will, you know, come out, shake hands. For or, sure. you know, as people are like, even like the church I grew up in, like the, the pastor, like was at the end and everyone like, you know, as filing out, shaking hands. Yeah, hello, see? Hello, you know, it's that's so important. important man. That's important. That's a little thing, but it goes a long way. Right. It really does. Because I have to see like you're an actual person, like you're like an actual living right. being. Like it's not just, a, you know, the singer or the whatever, the preacher right. or this and that. I remember, I remember when I was, because I developed a couple of different teams, worship teams here in the mm-hmm. church. Like I had the youth band, I had oh, yeah. the, the young adult band. Oh, I, I, that's how I learned to play the, bass guitar. Right, the young adult band, the gospel choir. I mean, I was working overtime with all these different groups. Like, I thought it was the Kingdom Choir. Did but, I get that yeah, name the Kingdom incorrect? Choir. That's right. Shout okay. out to the Kingdom, Kingdom Choir. choir. <laughs> but one of the things that I did with the young adult band and the youth band was, uh, I think somebody had a dream of this. I don't know if it was me or someone else, but the dream was that they were on stage. I, I think I know what you're gonna say, but but go she, ahead. Yeah, you probably heard I think it. I remember this. I, I mentioned telling I, this I, to them. I, I think I know where you're going. And they were singing and worshiping, and then they would come down on the stage. Yeah, yes, I, I and remember all And then they would hug this. people. Yes, I remember and all like, of this. that's what we should be. Mm-hmm. And I would always press that in. This is what we should be because that love has to extend from uh, where it can be perceived and disconnected and just emulized on stage, right. or I don't even call it the stage, I call it the altar. Right, right. So we're at the altar, uh, you know, um, doing this worship, but then we extend that love so that they see the love of Christ uh, actually acted out. And so I remember telling them, I'm glad you remember. I remember this. <laughs> I remember who it was, too. I remember the whole thing. <laughs> but um, it's those things you hold on to yeah. because that's what the heart of God is all about. Of course. And if we lose that, I mean, I mandate myself to this. I hold myself accountable to that vision, even to this day. Um, it's not something that I just learned and, you know, it's a phase or a fad. We got to get through this. We got to continue to do that. That's what God is always doing with us all the time. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, too, it lends you to, like, your moral authority, too. Because okay. when you're going to start, um, you know, preaching, singing, if that person starts knowing you and like mm. have a relationship with you, then yeah. when you say something yes. from that altar space or you make a claim, yes. you know, or you're, you're speaking a word mm. over the congregation or whatever it is, like you have more like actual authority that people are going to like actually listen to you. Right. Because you're There's actually trust. like they know you're like, yeah. And then they'll say, you know, like when so-and-so said this, like they you have that bond. Yes. That relationship. So yeah, you get up there and you're going to make these, these bold claims, Mm. you know, about life and about God and about, you know, all these, you know, hopeful messages like that has, that has to have like weight, you know, and, and being connected to the people being, cause it's like, it's not like, uh, uh, you know, it it can very much be like a barrier of like us and them in a sense where it's like, you're the ones doing and you're the ones right. I guess receiving in, in that sense right. but when it's like no I'm a, I'm a part of this community too yes. like I'm a part just as much of a part of this community mm. as you are yes. and we just have different roles and responsibilities right but we're all in this together we're all in this together I really, I really like how you put that um, that perspective is so important if we lose that you know when I was coming up uh, the, the other culture shock when churches when I was coming up uh, Church of God of Christ there was such a respect for authority. I mean, if you were a, a, a minister, a minister, or a preacher, or a pastor, or an elder, you know, if you had a title and you knew the word, 
you had so much respect. Like they would bring orange juice up up to the pulpit for you. They, <laughs> you were being juice. served, man. Yeah, wow. You were being served. They came and they brought your Bible. The pastor didn't even have to, you know, they didn't even have to open the Bible. They wow. would open it for them. Oh wow. Um, people, you know, when they came down, um, people were lining up and 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 they had armor bearers that would just mm. be there on their side, and so there was just this respect and mm-hmm. regard. Um, very formal. But right? like very, very, very formal. formal. Yeah. So there's this, uh, there's this perception of, of being so on a, such a pedestal. And uh, when I came here to Christ Fellowship, I didn't necessarily see that same, it might've been there, but I didn't see it. You know, there was a lot of more, a lot more familiarity. Mm. People are familiar with each other, jokes. And I would say, man, that, it's a little harsh, you know. That's the pastor you're talking to. Wait a minute, who, <laughs> how you talking to him like that? You know, but um, but but what it showed me was just that uh, there wasn't much of a difference. Only that, as a pastor, you're sir, you're you're just more of a servant. Mm. And I think I'm glad for that. Um, now, don't get me wrong, I do appreciate the respect for God's authority. I I keep that with me i don't you know that was put in me but that is something i believe god honored david did it he honored saul he honored um you know leadership um in a very big way too uh so i hold on to that at the same time i don't want to get so familiar with leadership you know where uh, i'm joking to the point where i'm taking it too far you know so familiarity can sometimes breed contempt and i don't want to be anywhere in that but i do want to be approachable I do want to be a leader that someone, if they need something, they can come to me. Right. But I do, you know, that that was a shock, the the whole, you know, title thing. And I was more, it would make you more attentive to the title. You would be like, you'd be so hung up on the title that you didn't see the person. Whereas here, you see the person. And I, I was, I came in and the first question I asked was, so when am I going to be a minister? Mm. Because I was, I'm ready for the title. Right for the title. But, mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for the title, right? Right. So, but it wasn't about the title. Over time, I learned that it was more about serving. And it's crazy how when I stopped even looking at that and serving, that I was asked. Mm. I didn't ask for that, mm. you know, but I was asked. So it just goes to show you what God has for you in his time will happen. But um, don't get caught up in the title. Yeah. I don't get caught up in the titles. It's, it's funny because that it can... Uh, it makes or breaks in different ways. Yeah. Right. You know, it could be an ego trip in one sense. It could yeah. be also a, you know, respect and healthy boundaries in the other hand. And, you know, it could right. be, you could, it, it really does depend on what's here in your heart, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, so in your, uh, so in your service to being, you know, a servant here in church, but you also had some other things going on too, like you mentioned before. And one of those things was being a recording artist. <laughs> so yeah. so so I have somewhere it's it's in my files, all right. Oh, wow. It's tucked away, all right. Archives. It's in the archives. <laughs> it's an archive, all right. I have I have a official first album oh, of Harold man. B. Oh, okay. Man. It's there. Bro. It's there, yeah. It's there. Yeah. It's, it's you know I can't live without yeah. you. I can't live without you. Can't make you know, it's I, I got it. Yeah. CD. Yeah. You know, it's 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 there. So um 
what is that story? I I don't know this story fully. I know parts of it. Really? But I need oh, I I want to know I'll this story. <laughs> so we have we have obviously your church ministry story, but what is the recording artist Harold B story? Oh man, it 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 goes back. God showed me when I first got saved. I was a football player. I didn't I didn't have. I was an athletic, you know, person. I was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Music wasn't necessarily on my radar at all. I couldn't really? sing. That really? wasn't my thing. Mm. God gave me a vision. And I always tell this story. God gave me a vision. And he said, you're going to record and you're going to sing and you're going to minister for me. Mm. And I said, like, you know, I was just like, okay, sure, let's do it. And so Sounds good to me, God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at that time, <laughs> I was listening to yeah. Christian artists who, you know, like Fred Hammond and Commission and these other guys that were really speaking to my spirit mm. and that. And their, their voices and their spirit and the music was so inspiring. I said, man, I got to do this. I want to do this. Mm. The only problem was I was shy. So I didn't know how I was going to stand up in front of people and do something that I'm scared to do. You know, I could do it at home and with my little comb and my little stuff and the <laughs> mirror. And I could just go off. But, Sound great in the shower. And the other, the other problem was I didn't have a voice. Mm. So after, you know, being called to the ministry and stuff, I, I took those steps of faith. You know, uh, God equipped me in the music. I joined the choir, the young adult choir. I was the youngest person in the adult choir. I was in the youth choir. Like, everywhere I could sing and get a chance, I did. But when I came to Christ Fellowship, what I saw was that they, or when I came to Calvary Tabernacle mm-hmm. at the time, Joe Calandria was, you know, they had a little studio thing going on. They okay, had okay. stuff like that. So I went, I, I was like, I got to get a piece of this. I got to do something. Um, and that's when God put it in my heart to record. And I actually executively paid for my own first recording. And, wow. uh, I took a, uh, uh, it was the credit union. I took a, took a loan from my credit union, <laughs> five year loan. I'll never forget it. I oh, wow. A, I took a five year loan from my credit union at the time. And, um, I put the money in the album, uh, disc makers, uh, did the whole, you know, did the whole uh, layout, layout and stuff yeah. like that, pressed it, and um, did a concert um, in 1995. And that was that was amazing. And the people that I was with uh, at that time, uh, I was in a, I was in a, a church. I was in the, I was living in the church at the building that we had. And um, uh, Pastor Loretta was running it. It was called Koinonia. And what they did was they made printed out T-shirts. Oh, man. I had T-shirts printed out, dude. Whoa. I know. Whoa. I was like, wait a minute. I'm not even time. out yet. So, <laughs> yeah, merch. You're going to move merch now. <laughs> there it is. And you're like, you wait know, a minute. I'm not, even, I'm not even really sure I, I want to do all this. It's like 30-year-old merch, but I mean, it was out. It was there. Um, but but you're, like you said, you're like, I don't know if this is even going anywhere. Like, why do I have yeah, T-shirts? You know, like in my head, it was going places. But, you know, just, uh, just, um, just, I was, again, I was just sharing I was just doing what I believe God was giving me to do at the time. And um, before you can go somewhere else, you got to show God your faithful where you are. So I just was doing what God, what I believe God put in my hands to do at the capacity where I was. And I just did it with whatever God, and I thank God for Ken um, just opening his heart and giving, um, giving of his talents to, um, you know, record the stuff. I mean, back then it was ADAT. It was uh, real to real. Oh yeah. So it was. It wasn't digital like mm-hmm. it was today. Um. So he was really instrumental 
in, in, in things when it came to that. Um, you know, there was a, a and uh, Russ Painter was it was had his hands in it too. Uh, he was helping with pans and stuff left to right. I was learning stuff as they were going, but I thank God for those uh, beginning experiences because then things took off from there. But I believe that God used that as a as a catalyst to to prepare me for other things that were coming. Mm. Yeah. So when you're in that, so you're starting this whole thing, right? And you know you put out a full album. Yes, sir. Right. So you put out a full album. So from that point on, are you 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 have your full album? Are you like, wow, that was you know I worked on that. I mean, that's yeah. that was a lot of work, a lot of production, a lot of. I mean, I time. sold CDs. I did concerts. Okay, so you I did traveled. all that, right? Yeah, I did. I did travel. I did concerts. It was it was me. It was mostly local. Uh, remember, I I didn't have any backing or anything. This was right. just this was like out of the trunk of my car, and I mean, I went from here to Virginia. Right. I did concerts from here to Virginia, Pennsylvania. And that, that was a blessing. I mean, in 95, just being on your own. I remember there was uh, some radio stores here on um, East Jersey Street. And uh, it was it's a, it was a 7-Eleven, but it was a store, a music store back then. Oh, okay. They were selling my music, uh, you know, different places. I would go in there because Simon, Jesus Book and Gift was selling my yeah, first you're, album. Yeah, putting it out there in the yeah, market. Yeah, I was just putting it out there in the market. Right. Um, there were little receipts that we would keep T-tabs on. Mm-hmm. And, it was great. They would get a percentage. I would get a percentage. And um, I would try to put that music, put that back into it, get more equipment and try to of course. put some new stuff in. Yeah, like so. feed, it, feed itself in that regard, try, right? Man, yeah. So now, now you, but you don't, you didn't stop there though. No. I, <laughs> so you didn't stop there. So, so you really going with hey, this. Hey, we, this, we need this story. All right. We need this story. So you didn't stop there. So you have your first album, yeah. right? Classic. And then you have your second album. Yes. So now, now, is there, uh, between the first album and second album, yeah. And 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 folks, there's more. Don't worry. The you have like what what's is there a uh, you know there's highs and lows or we're just like hey like we can who knows where this is gonna go let's just keep working at it or is it the, or a moment like what's what's the moment that kept you drive uh, your yeah kept you driven excuse me uh, in all that that's a good question actually um I was mostly I was mostly uh trying to use that as a as a you know as a resume for the next thing if that was to come, trying to find people that, uh, you know, trying to allow God to ordain the way for people to connect with this, you know, um, he would bring those people in place. Uh, I mean, me trying it, I would be exhausted. But when uh, I let God take over, he took it, he took it a little further than I, 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 I thought, but it was great, man. Um, but in the meantime, there were things that were done there was I I would run in rush in with people to try to record. I've had music, I would record and music was taken. Mm. I've had that happen, mm. and there was a time I did that before I signed my first deal with a label. Where before that happened, one of my first songs that landed me the deal I wrote because I rushed into something. My wife asked me, "Did you pray about it?" Mm. I didn't pray about it, but he had a studio. That's all I knew. Okay. So in doing that, oh, man. I had stuff in there, Oof. and then I got locked out of out of the studio. Oh man, yeah, I got locked out of the studio, so I couldn't come and get my stuff. That's dirty. That was done there. Yikes. Thank God it wasn't a lot. It was like maybe one or two songs where right. I was just putting down. Um, and so rushing into things, I stopped doing that. Um, but the song "Perfect Will" came, and that song "Perfect Will" landed me a deal with uh, Mountaintop Records mm. at the time. In your perfect way Oh, yeah. so I don't hear you go 
okay, okay. So he used the hard situation to bring out some of the best music I've written. There you go. So, I mean, it it, it was, like you said, highs and lows. There were highs and lows. So then, then after that, so you're with Mountaintop. Yeah. Now, is this, now, is this where it's like, oh, man, like, hold on. Like, well, we, we was moving. Like, this is, right. It, this, no, it's it's this moment where you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, this, you know, it's contracts and we're going to do photo shoots. Yes. And there's deadlines, obviously. Yes. Deadlines, deadlines, deadlines. Yeah. So now, is that, in that, and meanwhile, yeah. you're doing church ministry. Yes. Right? Yes. And meanwhile, you have a family. Yes. And meanwhile, you, you have it. all right. these other things going right. on. So, in that time of being the recording artist, in that right. time for Mount Top Records, are we in the Resolution yeah. album yet? No. No? Oh, man. We're not even there yet? 2003 was, was the first one. It's about that time, baby. Coming at you yeah. one time. Uh, it was called uh, Quest. The Quest album? The Quest album. You ain't ready for this. What? I actually don't have that one, but I got a... Quest album. My son still plays that album. My oldest. That's, you got Isaiah is fans. bumping the Quest album. In his, and, I, and I thank God for that. So it didn't go for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but um, it, it, that album was amazing, um, and even in doing that, I kept. Uh, uh, it's funny because even in the Quest album, I was shouting out my church. Mm. Uh, I shot a music video that was played on BET. Mm. Um, I got an award for it, a music award. I have a couple of little music awards, not Grammys or anything like that, <laughs> but you know, gospel little gospel music award things. Like what, uh, what not Stella Awards like Stella? Or yeah, like that. Stella. Not a Stella Award. That's the Grammys, the Gospel. Grammy, yeah. I didn't get there. But um it was it was it was these times where I would use whatever God gave me to represent him and my church. Because I never forgot who where my where my my backing is. You know what I mean? Um my church was always my foundation. Um it kept me grounded, it kept me accountable. Um I did a lot of traveling with that one, though. Oh, man. Quest had me everywhere. Yeah. I'm talking from here to St. Croix. Mm. I went to the East. I was up and down the East Coast, Nashville. I did Bobby Jones. Um, uh, I was at the Stellar Awards meeting people twice. Uh, you know, I, I, I met Fred Hammond. I met, took pictures with Kirk Franklin. Um, now, how, how was that moment? Because you, you mentioned Fred uh, Hammond before. Was that moment you're like, man... Dude, I got this a brother picture. right here. Like, I got a you, picture with my bro, big bro. Like, I, 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 you know, thank God for you, my man. Like, you. Let me tell you, man. He taught me everything I know, and he wasn't <laughs> even there. You know, and so yes. just, just kind of experiencing that, man. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, and so, uh, Quest took it. Really took some feet, man. I mean, I everywhere. I, they the people be like, I know you, I knew you. I, even to this day, people say I remember you. I know wow, you. okay. Yeah. Um I went to I went to Abundant Life not too long ago last year. And um uh, oh no, the year before, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Before this whole COVID thing. But um when I went there, the worship leader remembered me. Oh yeah. He said, I remember you as Harold B. Oh, and Yes, and that's what I said. Okay, I was okay. like, What? So it's you don't realize how much how many people you're touching. That's true. You, that's true. Because you're just doing the work. Right. But with the platform and things like that, man, it 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 went a long way. The label really went far because the the uh, on top, uh the, the CEO Charmaine, she had a huge vision, mm. and I was with that. I was like, listen, man, let's take that vision and let's spread this gospel 
um, and also make the gospel relatable. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. For other people. Absolutely. So we, we, we had a mission with what we were doing. Um, it was, we called it uh, ministry in the industry. Mm. So, so that, so that leads me to my next question for you as the recording artist. Now, there's a market for, you know, Christian music, yeah. right? Radio stations, concerts, things like that. You know, that, and, and that is subject to, you know, obviously inspirational, whatever. Um, but also there's, you know, criticism in terms of like the business end of having like a market of Christianity and things oh, like man. that. Right. So, you know, <laughs> I don't you, know if I'm the spokesperson you, for you it. See but. The, you know, you see, you know, little, there's little quips and little like, you know, the gospels to be told, not sold and, you know, different things. And, you know, <laughs> right. you know, and this obviously this is a, this is a huge, um, you know, huge rabbit trail because okay. there's a lot of different views on it. But yeah. what, what do you think is like if you're a uh, you're an artist, you're a singer, mm-hmm. songwriter, mm-hmm. what have you, and you do want to enter the business part of it yeah. into that market. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sell things. You're going to sell music and yeah. things like you're going to go on tour, radio. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, is this a, you know, some people view that as like a slippery slope. Like don't even, you know, get For in sure. there. Other people are like, well, we need those voices out there in right. the market of, because it's still the music industry. Definitely. It's just a particular... Definitely. Market, the church market. I like to I call agree. it the church market. Mm-hmm. What is? What would you say to someone who is aspiring in that direction, hmm. in terms of guiding them? And what would okay. you say to just the the idea in total of uh, of you know have, being a Christian artist, a professional right. artist? What would you say to that? person I would say out there? keep your foundation um, in your walk with God strong, and the only way to do that is to find yourself accountable in in your church, have a church backing. Um, make sure that you're you're accountable to a brother. I would never leave my church without my pastors knowing where I was going, what the, my itinerary was. Um, I, I they would keep me in prayer. Um, I would also I would never leave on, by myself. Um, so I kept myself accountable by having brothers in my church that would come with me right, right. to different places. I mean, I was I was in um, I went to uh, St. Louis, and I was you know I didn't and I didn't have anybody there but they had a manager out there in St. Louis that was working with us his name was Terry Mannheim so I was still even he was with me and we were accountable so I never travel alone that's just another thing but the foundation of the ministry yeah keeping your keeping the heart of ministry is something that's really hard because there's a lot of brands there's a lot of um people that you know, money has to be made back. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's, still, it's still a the business. Label has to make, right. Label has yeah. to make their money back. Right. Um, there's probably a lot more than people that people have seen than I may have. Um, but at the same time, my creative rights and stuff like that, make sure that every relationship that you have before you go in is solid. Mm. And, um, and that you have people that will keep you, make you and keep you accountable. Um, as far as, the, even even in when you go in, an artist is not an island by itself. Sometimes the island, the the the, the uh, artist is just a product, and it's all the pieces that come together that help develop that one product. You know, based on how the people around them are doing, that the success of the unity and the, and the vision of everybody working or in integrity of everybody working around that product, quote unquote. That determines the success of that artist. I mean, I've dealt with people where they were so caught up in themselves that the label went belly up because mm. of it. 
you know, wow. um, yeah. they were so full of themselves that it didn't matter about the artists. It was, you know, when it was press conference time, this person wanted to have it all about them. You know what I mean? So, um, and it's as in far the, as, like the Christian market. This is in. Like in yeah. the gospel, yeah. Christian, this is, church this is music. Happening. Right, right. Because I, wanna, again, I just want to stress that point because we're not talking about, you know, not talking about like Interscope here. We're not talking about. No, like, no, no. This ain't like RCA and nothing RCA. like this. We're not this talking, ain't secular. We're talking about this is church. Church right. stuff, yeah. Because what happens is people get caught up in the brand, the pride of things. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I was so, uh, we were, again, we were so driven on ministry being in, in the industry that that kept us grounded, even the, 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 things, the things we stood for. But what I do uh, hope, pray is that people that are working with artists, artists need to have um, management, um, um, business management, as well as booking agents and management. But you got to trust them people. <laughs> I wish I had that. I wish I had that where I had someone I could trust. I know there's some artists that, their their managers were so tight with them that they got married to them, which was great because you know what? You ain't going to do my husband a wife that way. So that relationship, but that relationship and that trust. Yeah, yeah, for sure. has to be so tight. You're trusting, you're trusting God's ministry and talent to someone who should believe in you. And then that person believes in the ministry and they wouldn't want to do anything to jeopardize that and put it at the same time on the best platform at the best time. So everybody doing their, that's why I was saying, everybody doing their job around that product right. being where it needs to be, that should be, the, that should be the focal point. But I've seen it where, because even if, as an artist, I know I'm not the one booking and, and managing and bringing, you know, putting mm -hmm. these things together. I know people that are doing it and I appreciate them. You know, so it's never about just me doing the thing. It's about what's all these people doing to bring it to that point. And then, you know, pushing that to be where it needs to be. Some agencies and some artists have that. Praise God for that. If you don't have that and you're thinking about getting into it, you need to have that. If you don't, you're going to find yourself doing, you know, fighting a lot of battles you don't need. You shouldn't have to fight. Right, right. Um, and, and then... Um, you know, uh, there's people that even with the management, you know, uh, you, 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 they have a certain percentage grassroots. And then when you get up, the most that they get is 15 percent. But sometimes if you don't know that, they're getting 50 of what you're doing. Wow. Wow. So there's a lot of stuff that if you don't know it, man, you can get taken advantage of relationship just like in a church. Mm -hmm. It's almost like church, mm -hmm. you, you know, accountability. Yeah. Everybody yeah, has sure. their titles. Everybody knows and know everybody's job. So if you know everybody's job and somebody's not doing it, then you know you're, you're being taken advantage of. Okay. You know, uh, I, I was in the airport with uh, 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 Tina and Erica Campbell because I just did a show in Alabama with them. And uh, I remember Tina was telling me, Tina said, if that person ain't doing something for you within six months, they out. Wow. Cause That's, again, you got to hold numbers. a standard, right? You got to hold some standards and some boundaries. Right. But, and... you know, I'm a loyal guy. So here yeah. I am being so loyal sometimes <laughs> that I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm singing for cake and food. And I'm like, I got mouths to feed at home. So I found myself in that position. But when she told me that it helped, like you said, it helped me to motivate people that are working with yeah. me. There's got to be some results. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's very wise because obviously there's people who are talented singing in their churches, oh, the home churches. Yeah. 
But they might be thinking like, hey, you know, especially, you know, I, I could put myself out there on social media. I could put myself out there on YouTube. There's a and, lot of and, new platforms. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, that can go wherever. But yeah. like you said, the relationships, business relationships, yes. friendly relationships, yes. whatever it is. It's huge, man. It's the big thing that can really make or break. That is. And I, I've experienced that. That's why I say that. Um, the artist doesn't want to be the you don't want to be the artist and then you don't want to be the guard dog at the same time because now you're looking you're being looked at as arrogant you want to be able to smile <laughs> so then you have that 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 buffer which is the manager that says okay so while you're smiling and they like you the other person is going to do the job where they got to respect you i see you see because a lot of people will like the artist because of the personality but then when you got to be the manager your own manager now they got to respect you they're not necessarily going to like you mm. Mm. And then they don't know, they're not sure if they want to work with you because they work with this other person who's got the manager while they're still smiling. So it's it's a lot of that. It is a lot. It's but a lot of that. It's a lot. But like you said, though, it's, you know, you got to have the, those relationships and yeah. those those boundaries is key. For sure. Now, what are your artistic influences? You said Fred Hammond. Oh, man, there was a lot of them. Give me, give me, give me three. Just give me your top okay, three. Good, top good, three. Good. So Fred, we'll put Fred Hammond. Give me two more. So it's Fred Hammond. Daryl Coley, um, uh, Jay Moss. That's your three. One, two. Yeah, there, those, 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 the singing aspect, right. the vocal aspect. And I like John P. Key, too. I'm sorry, I just got to put it out. They put fourth one. So, <laughs> now, now, how about now? Who, 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 now? Oh, who, man. Right now, give me your three it's right now. It's funny how that things change. Um, right now. Fred is still up there. Fred is, uh, Fred is, Fred is not leaving. And Stevie wanted to help me vocally, too. But the, the, the now, God has changed how I'm doing things where worship is where it's at. Mm. So Todd Dulaney is a big one. I love Todd Dulaney. Um, Travis Green. I actually got to see him minister. And that's what I look for. If I'm going to a concert or something, I want to see how you're ministering. Mm. So I saw for like, like we know you can sing. Yeah, it's like, okay. Like we, we know, know you can sing. You, you relevant. You popular and all this other stuff. And you good. But you can minister. And, you can, and lives are changed. And my heart is ministered to. So yeah, you my man. Travis was the truth for me when I saw him in the, in the Brunswick. Um, and I would, I mean, for right for right now, those two, Israel Holton was is 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 still one of, to me, one of the most anointed brothers. I've I've gotten to see him um, minister to, and he's he's you can't deny what God's put on his life. So Israel is one of those two where he can uh, worshipers, man. That's where it's at. Let's 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 touch the the let's touch heaven. That's what I'm about. What is your favorite Sunday morning song to sing? As you're up there, you're now? you're singing right. Yeah, your There's favorite. So many your of favorite. Them. The, your favorite one where it's not only like you know you see people receiving and things like that, but you just throw you just feel like you throw so much of yourself in it that it's just like man, this one like gets me. You know, the one that gets you every time, quote unquote. Boy, um, what, what would it be? Man. That's the that's a tough one. It's a tough one. That's a tough. A lot of that get you because I put my heart into every song, but there are one. There's more than one. Okay. And I'm trying to right now, Mm -hmm. like I'm really big on Maverick right now. Okay. Um. Yeah, they're they're hot. And Elevation Mm -hmm. too. You know what song I do like? I I do like. Go ahead. Have my heart. Okay, that's that song gets you every time. Have my heart has me. Yes, every Mm -hmm. time we've sang that song, every time I and do it again. Okay. Do it again. Okay. Those two, but well, I sang "Have My Heart" during an altar call. Tia Smiles couldn't couldn't stop. You know, like, I was there. 
hopefully, hopefully somebody's gonna help me with this. There you go. But that, yeah. it gets you. There's it gets a lot you. more, bro. But yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there is. It's hard to narrow it down. <laughs> it's hard. Bro. I know it's hard to narrow it down. But once you're there, <laughs> it's kind of like the moment will tell you. Well, you're good at helping me do that. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, how can we pray for you? Oh man, um, just pray for me in uh, you know balance of doing ministry. Pray for me that I never lose the song that God wants to give me for the church. You know. Um, Cause I do, I am still writing. I am still doing stuff as an artist, um, worshiping artist, I should say. And so I just pray for me that I will continue to do whatever God puts my hands to do and, uh, to his glory and whatever the need is, you know, pray for my kids and my, of course my home, my wife, we've been married 25 years and just to continue to uh, grow as a, as a, as a couple and as a ministry, uh, shout out to Mrs. Elder Boyd. Um, and then um, also, you know, I am working, too. So I'm not a full-time pastor, but I'm a working pastor. And that God would just continue to open doors where I, you know, in my career, my, my regular, you know, secular career, that those doors would open where those jobs would still come and, um, you know, the schedule would still be in a way that I could still be, um, be able to minister as a, as a pastor in church. Because sometimes the schedule gets hectic. And I'm like, God, show me. I'm burning candles at both ends mm. right now. Yep. Yeah. So that's about it. Well, there you go. Yeah. Appreciate Pastor it. Harold Boyd. Yeah. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, it was good talking to you, man. <laughs> yeah, always. Good, and it's good getting the stories. We trying, man. We trying. Right, God bless you. Thank you so much. Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth is a Christian community whose mission is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. You can learn all about us by visiting cfofelizabeth.com. We meet each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, as well as at various times throughout the week. You can also join us live online every week by visiting cfofelizabeth.live. We hope you enjoyed this week's story. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. See you next time.